Today is Monday, October 2nd, 2017, and this is Radio Wave. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us on tonight's broadcast of Radio Wave. Tonight, a friend of Medjugorje is joining us from the holy village of Medjugorje, where earlier today Our Lady gave a message through Mariana. And a friend of Medjugorje spoke to the Caritas Pilgrimage Group that is present there in Medjugorje right now. And in light and in the context of the world in which we live and world events, this message tonight is very, very striking. And so we're going to go directly to a friend of Medjugorje speaking to the BVM Caritas Pilgrimage Group. So anyway, welcome to Medjugorje. We just now got the second of the month message from Mariana. And it's important to understand the context when you first hear a message, sometimes it's just, it can be a Kennedy moment for you. For you who are not old enough, everybody that was alive when President Kennedy was shot and killed, uh, you know where, exactly where you were. You can even picture yourself. I was in fourth grade. I remember Miss, Miss Manasco. She was the only lay teacher in the school of nuns. And uh, the nun opened the door and said, the president's been shot. And that was it. And she started crying. And we like, you know, and that kind of opened the door to things that we came through from World War II. We didn't have that kind of stuff happening. And the shock with John Kennedy being shot was something in the context that we were, had the whole future ahead of us. Uh, that was 63, of course, school prayer was being taken out. A lot of different things like that was taking place and happening. And so it, was, it just stunned everybody. It stunned everybody around the world. Uh, I remember the news clips after that was showing people in different countries hearing about weeping. It was... a visible point in the world where we saw everything really start changing around. And so with your message today, being here, being with the second of the month, there's always something that marks it real in a special way. The first time you hear it. The context of these messages too, when you first hear it, can mean something later that you didn't even see into the message. That's the genius of the message. They're given in a way that people can address their personal problems or joys or difficulties, whatever it may be. And context of the messages are something so powerful that they're not given in a way that they're specific. They're given loosely so that you can address it to the situations and your life and 70 people here sitting can take it individually. 
And then also, as a whole, your family can take it, the neighborhood can take it, the state can take it, the nation can take it. It's why I said, I'm going to give you messages as never before in the history of the world since its very beginning. The messages have to be taken in a serious way that the theologians and the intellectual people don't take it. And I just got to writing about that, that God keeps things from the learned. There's a lot of sickness in this Catholic Church. The Vatican is very split. I don't know if you read what I wrote just a few days ago before you left. We got feedback negative and a lot of feedback positive. We know people in the Vatican. We know what's going on. We got a pulse on it. There's things that you can't necessarily say, but there is a rift in the Vatican. But we're in a moment of separation. This is necessary. We have to have it. Kambaya is, is not the time. This is not the time. We're in a moment where we have to decide where we're going to stand and who we're going to be with. You've got to make choices. And so the message that I'm going to read to you now, I'll read it to you and listen to every word of it and what it means to you at this moment when you hear it. I know, I know they read it on the mountain, but it's not always accurate. So this will be the official translation. October 2nd, 2017. Dear children, I'm speaking to you as a mother with simple words, but words filled with much love and concern for my children who through my son, are entrusted to me. And my son, who is of the eternal now, he is speaking to you with words of life and is sowing love in open hearts. Therefore, I am imploring you, apostles of my love, have open hearts, always ready for mercy and forgiveness. According to my son, always forgive your neighbors, because in that way, peace will be in you. My children, care for your soul, because it alone is what truly belongs to you. You are forgetting the importance of family. A family does not need to be a place of suffering and pain but a place of understanding and tenderness. Families who strive to live according to my son live in mutual love. While he was little, my son would say to me that all people are his brothers. Therefore, remember, apostles of my love, that all people whom you meet are family to you. Brothers, according to my son, my children do not waste time thinking about the future, worrying. May your only concern be how to live well every moment according to my son. And there it is, peace for you. My children do not forget to pray for your shepherds. Pray that they may accept all people as their children, that according to my son, they may be spiritual fathers to them. And so we had the apparition at 8.30 this morning or so, just after 8.30, quarter to nine. And in that context, you go back at that moment to one o'clock or so, Las Vegas time.
and just a few hours before the apparition, we just experienced the largest shooting in U.S. history. 200 people shot, over 50 on top of that dead. I was just there five days ago at a convention for all our equipment we go, because it's a convention place, and we were right by where it happened. It was at a concert for uh, Jason Alden, country singer, yeah. His shooter was from the mandolin, right on the strip. So they came out of the blue. The guy who did it is a local. He used a gun that was not a typical gun, it was a machine gun. And it was, the firing rate was completely automatic. Just mowing people down. Reload the clip, do it again. So naturally, out of 30,000 people, it was pandemonium. But I say this and tell you not to destroy your pilgrimage because it is grief. And people are visiting there from all across the United States, so if somebody's going to be touched, a lot of people will be touched by this. But we live in evil times. Our lady is here for certain reasons, because Satan's reign is up. If you go back last October 2nd, because this happened on October 2nd, our time, the time difference made it happen today here. That was October 1st, last night. But Las Vegas is nine hours difference from here. Last October 2nd was a shooting in Oregon, 2015. We looked it up, and then before that was the Alma shooting, October 2nd, and Medjugorje time, October 2nd. Several shootings have happened on October 2nd. So you put that into context, it's October 13th, the month of Our Lady. As soon as it begins, Satan is enraged with what's happening. Our Lady gave a message that said, Satan is aggressive because he's losing his power. His hundred-year reign is coming to an end. And this is it, and you're here at this moment. And so he's committing murder, causing division. This is a lady's words. He's committing murder, causing division among priests, and divorce, and strife. The message goes on about that. And that's what happens when something's dying. They always are more aggressive, and they don't care. But I want to read the message now in the context of what you just heard of what our lady is saying, that she's certainly aware and concerned for her children and that their souls is the only thing they have, and how quick it can go away. I don't like Las Vegas. The conventions they have is some things we have to go there. We've been there several times because we're buying equipment for the mission. At the convention centers, we try to stay there as booked, but we end up having to stay on the strip. But what happens there is really happening in representatives all over the world. But to be there this fresh and see that and how easy it is that you can be caught in something that you don't expect, you never know what's going to happen from the next moment to the, to the next. So listen to the messages now in the context of a lady being very aware of all these souls there and what just took place. Dear children, I am speaking to you as a mother with simple words, the words filled with much love and concern for my children who, through my son, are entrusted to me and my son, who is of the eternal now. He is speaking to you with words of life and is so in love and open hearts. Therefore, I am imploring you 
apostles of my love, have open hearts, always ready for mercy and forgiveness. It's going to take a lot of forgiveness for a lot of families for such recklessness. According to my son, always forgive your neighbors because in that way peace will be in you. My children, care for your soul because it alone is what truly belongs to you. You are forgetting the importance of family. A family does not need to be a place of suffering and pain, but a place of understanding and tenderness. Families who strive to live according to my son live in mutual love. While he was still little, my son would say to me that all people are his brothers. Therefore remember, apostles of my love, that all people whom you meet are family to you, brothers according to my son. My children, do not waste time thinking about the future, worrying. May your only concern be how to live well every moment according to my son. And there it is, peace for you. My children, do not forget to pray for your shepherds. Pray that they can accept all people as their children, that according to my son, they may be spiritual fathers to them. Thank you. So we have a different perspective from the message a little while ago that you have now. And this should be a lesson to you for the rest of your life. These messages are for life, to transform them into life. And we have to have something to preface the Bible because we don't understand scriptures in a modern way. And so Our Lady comes to us giving messages as never before in the history of the world since its beginning. And Adam and Eve walked in the cool of the evening talking to God, and they lost that. But we've lost something in modernism and consumerism because we are in a situation that we are hooked up all the time with something, always connected. Always learn that. We don't have TV or cell phones, but we find out everything we need to find out just like this this morning. People called us, called the mission immediately to say what's going on. We, re we, we research it. And we, get, we know what we need to know, but it don't be bombarding us all day long. And so the messages are given loosely with simple, quote, with simple words, because that's one of the problems the church has. Even Pope Francis says, I don't believe Our Lady is a telegraph operator and just saying words every day. He doesn't believe that. That's okay. Because we have a church that has grown from a simple church to an intellectual church. Maria's nephew was going to become a priest. He was going to become a Franciscan. And he went to school one year, two years, five years. I talk to him every time I come here. Seven years of school. He gets there and he's ready to become a Franciscan after seven years. And then he said he decided he wanted to become a Jesuit. So he went all the way to 11 years of school to become a priest. The fire of the call of the Holy Spirit that puts him to a priest and the desire is killed by intellectualism. And it's all about facts. And that's why you're not being fed at the homilies. And if you're being fed, it's a very rare thing. Very rare. 
You're starving to death. I starve to death sometimes so much I want to stand up and say, give me food. We exist because of this. Our ladies here because of this. Because we become an intellectual body and they can't understand this. But for the people that's unlearned, us peasants in the pew, and those priests who are the same, our ladies giving messages that can only be understood from the heart. Instead of going from the heart, the priesthood has gone, in many cases, to the mind. And I couldn't believe this nephew who was so simple and so on fire when he wanted to become a priest. And this is happening over and over and over. So our lady's not coming to the church. Have you noticed that Medjugorje has not been condemned? Have you noticed that Medjugorje is not being approved? Have you noticed that it's tried to be condemned and it's trying to be approved? I've never tried to do that. Why? Because I met with Bishop Zanuck on several occasions in a historic moment with Maria Yaakov and me and one other person with Zanuck, the first bishop. And he didn't even know who Yaakov was. He called him Ivan because the last time he saw him, he was a little boy. That's how little they met. But he wasn't supposed to be convincing Zanuck. Zanuck is right where he needs to be believing. Peric is a bishop now. He's doing what he believes. He don't believe in Medjugorje. Why? Because it's not to be approved. It would destroy it. Sister Lucy was silenced repeatedly. She was frustrated. I know sources that said we should have threw Maria, the vision here, in a convent when we had the opportunity. This is not a time to control things. Our lady doesn't want to be controlled. And she's going to be controlled if it's condemned. And she's going to be controlled if it's approved. Our lady is not coming to the church to speak through it. Our lady is coming to the people. And that's why she says, I am imploring you, apostles of my love. You literally are the apostles. And she separates her verbiage that the with the shepherds, it's different. The bishops are known to be the apostles, but they're not part of this. And that's why you can't go home and expect to get them to be doing something with you. It's not going to happen. Because they're not supposed to. The apparitions from four or five hundred years ago in France just recently got approved and visionary is going to be stopped. What's the name of the apparitions? Dr. Don de Las. Yeah. I was there. He was there. So, so the bishops sent some priests that were going to shut it down. And they told, our lady told the visionary, do you tell him, you who can bring God down to the altar has been given no power over me. Don't go looking. you got to get approved. You are a free agent. You are here to be an apostle, literally. And you're under prophecy for this. Because Louis de Montfort, who said over 300 years ago, our lady will come to the world and raise up apostles of the latter days and you just heard a lot of day event a few minutes ago about Las Vegas and they will be purified as the children of Levi and they'll go across the whole world on silver wings how'd you come here? <laughs> see prophecy is not understood when it's given. What John saw in the book of Revelations with these dragons spitting out fire can be a jet, 
a fighter jet, cannons, who knows what he saw. He couldn't explain it other than an agrarian way, which means animals, that's all he had, or things that they see, or fire. They had no way to compute that, except as some kind of animal thing. And so we don't understand the Bible and the way they wrote the Bible. And so our lady's coming here with these messages, not because she's got nothing else to say. These are going to help us go through the tribulation and through the Antichrist time. And we're in it right now. It's there. We just did a broadcast on ban on cash. If you've heard that on Medianomics, anybody heard that? Ban on cash. We're there. And they're doing everything they can to get us there. But our lady is here to disrupt it because none of us know how to get through it. You are the play that's been enacted by her in a time of presence of the Virgin Mary walking the earth that when the time of the Antichrist comes to its fullness, then they'll have our witness of how we turned away from modernism. These messages are for those who want to look at the simple words to see something so profound that what intellectual gives when you go to these speeches and these intellectuals go there and they listen to that, they all walk out and say, wow, that was something what he said, wasn't it? And he says, yeah. They're just saying, that was incredible. What do you say? I don't know. <laughs> and you can read some of these things and you, don't, you can't even understand it. It's too complex. And here it is, wisdom herself. You read the book of wisdom in the Bible and you know it's the Virgin Mary and wisdom is doing something here so simple but so profound as she said that. Live the profoundness of the messages. You are in history, salvation history, the second most important time since Christ lived. And it's been prophesied, it's been told about. You feel it, you sense it. And it's beautiful when he says, while he was little, my son would say to me that all peoples are his brothers. I love to see this. These are things we didn't know. You say, well, we can't have more revelations because the Bible is the end of all revelations. No, it's not. The biblical revelations, public revelations, ceased with the death of John. But that doesn't mean, as Cardinal Ratzinger said, that we're not to pay attention to private revelations, which is what that is. And the church discounts it. And many people discount it. And many theologians, we don't need this. We got the Bible. But Cardinal Ratzinger, before he came Pope, said, we cannot confine ourselves to the sterile repetition of public revelations. And then where's the Bible? That's what he said. We can't confine ourselves to that because they become sterile. And that's what's wrong with the pulpits. They read the, the gospel and then they repeat the gospel. I, you just told me the gospel. Tell me some stories like the Protestants do. They'll explain the same gospel the priest to read, and a lot of the Protestants can sit there and tell a whole story and then end it with three words tied to the gospel like blow you away. You say, oh, I'm praising Protestantism? No, the Catholic Church is the one true holy church. But the Protestants, they got two things. They got fellowship and they got the Bible. We got the Holy Mass and we don't have the Bible. And you say, who am I to say that? Benedict had the black bishop of Atlanta speak to a bunch of bishops of the U.S. in 
wrong, I was the Pope, that what's happening in America, the people are not getting fed, and now it's all over the world. They get half the food with the Eucharist, and the other half they don't get it. And a lot of them leave and go sometimes to, they, the bishop said this, they're going to Protestant churches to get the food of the Bible, or either they're listening to them. I listen to Protestant ministers all the time. And they come up and just say some incredible stuff. Some of it's wrong. Some of the theological stuff is off base. They don't go into Mary in the right way. Or they see these things wrong. But if you understand your faith, you know what you discard and you know what you take is good. Hinduism can be listened to. Not that you go tune into it, but we are obligated to accept their truths because they say love the neighbor. That's part of our truth. So you don't discount that. That don't mean I'm going to do Hindu. I just heard of somebody that was in confession to an Indian priest and he said before he gave repentance he quoted Buddha. He said, I like to quote Buddha. I told that person, I said, you go see your bishop right now. We don't have this garbage. So that's not truth. If you had, you know, Indian folklore or Indian tradition or legend or religion, we say, yeah, we love our neighbor. Okay. But we don't go that way and I'm not advocating that with Protestantism. It's our way, in a sense. But the point being made is, is our lady's here because we don't get truth now. Our lady's coming here when we think we know everything and we got so much at, at hand, information, anything you want to know about, our lady says, you don't know truth. You don't understand truth. I'm here to bring you to the truth. It's really amazing if you think about it. So, I love this when Our Lady says this because with simple words, Our Lady tells you everything through these messages that you're going to need to go through for the battle plan now to break away from the Antichrist system because it exists and if we don't stop it, we're not going to stop it. If she doesn't stop it, and that's what she's here for, we've got the Tower of Babel being built right now. And it's about to be torn to pieces. And everything is being turned upside down. Everything out there that's established from sports to the government to establishments in the church is going to be broken down and turned upside down. We've got a president. He's there to destroy things. And just what he just did with the NFL turned it upside down. They've got so many people calling up, canceling their satellite TV and news that they can't even keep up with it. They're putting people on waiting list to cancel their TV subscriptions. Because one man has the power to say something and destroy it. And it needs to go away. Because our lady just talked about last month, she spoke about idols. Sports is filled with idols. People that shouldn't be followed. And it's gotten out of hand. It's not about enjoyment anymore. It's about God's is about money, it's about things that desecration the flag. All this is part of life. Don't think a lady don't have a hand in this. She's interested in bringing that to reverence and back to what's sacred. And it's amazing that we've got somebody in different systems that is there to really turn things upside down. But you're going to be part of that. And if you have your principles that you stand up for and when the national anthem is being sung, that you're going to go down on a knee and protest. That's not protest. That's a sacrilege. People die with that. Dr. Gorka, you know who he is. He was the chief strategist for Donald Trump. I was 
about a week and a half ago with him. He's an incredible guy. He's Hungarian. He's a great Briton. He became an American citizen. He loves America. He just resigned because he can't even work underneath the establishment in the White House. So he resigned as the chief strategist for Trump. And now he's working with Steve Bannon to, to make America great again, which is back to bringing things back to God. Because we're never going to make America great if we don't have God. So that's the first place to start. But he was talking about how godless and what Trump did in the military about changing things around, about the people that's going to be there and not allowed an abomination. He kicked that out. And no apologies for it. Things are being reversed left and right right now. A lot of things you're not even going to hear about because they don't want you to hear it. But the establishment now is everywhere. And whatever is established, the way it's operating, is going to come undone. The Antichrist system at that time is going to have to have role models, people who they look to, which is you as the apostles, of what we did in our time when Our Lady walked with us, for in that time when they walked, they'll know how to survive it. So this thing is much bigger. You're walking in the amphitheater of history, salvation, that is not equaled except when Christ was here. This is the second greatest moment in history. And I'm adding to that, knowing the flood. I'm adding to that the flight out of Egypt. The Israelites are wandering to the desert. This is bigger. Because this is the time of Mary. And she's awaited for this. So your days here, even if you've been here many times, you have to spend all your time in really going in this in depth. You need to be reading. You need to be praying constantly. Don't be spending a lot of time social. Because these are days of investment. And so we have Our Lady giving us these words today and Again, you can go back to this message over and over. And our way lady says, saying, And my son, who is of the eternal now. To me, when I read that, knowing about what happened last night, and about eternity, and she says in here, don't be worrying about the future. Because you may not have a future. Your plane might go down on the way back home. You don't know, we don't know what's going to happen from one moment to the next. Nobody, nobody could have thought about that last night. In fact, we was watching the police arrest people. They were all over the place. I went through pre-check. I'm pre-check because I fly so much. TSA. So I got to the airport in Las Vegas to go back home. And I said, I'm going to stay one day and then I flew back to Missouri. But anyway, they didn't have pre-check. I said, I'm pre-check. She says, not in Las Vegas. So they know they're under the watch. They're underneath terrorism that acts like this constantly. And so they thought they had it together. And who could think that could happen? especially as massive as it is. So our lady is telling us, don't be worried about anything. You've got to live in the moment. If you have peace, you have to have peace from one moment to the next. The biggest thing I think in the message here is the wars that we have now, the battles, what happened last night, the biggest war, the most painful war is in the family. The family was never intended to be a place of suffering or error or people turning against each other. The most joyous place anybody could be is in a whole family. And we've lost that. A priest told me, I put in, I see for Father Al Winchman. He used to come to Missouri. I don't know if he's still alive or not. But he told me a story. I put it in there. He says, you know, us priests used to be brothers. And we all come home, you know, at the evening at our residence or directories. And we sit there and talk with, if there's five or six priests. And they, he enjoyed that. He says, and this was this is 25 years ago. He said, we don't have community no more. He says, we go in the room and everybody's watching TV. The TV destroyed 
our priesthood fellowship. And you can't have family with TV in your house. You can't have family if cell phones are in your house. If you got to go up for work, have a locker outside on the back porch and lock it up. Don't have it. We're in an international mission. I was talking to people last night at 2.30. I'm talking to people on their time at 2.30. Whatever we have to do, we do. We've got 100 extensions in our mission. We've got seven extensions here, all landlines, but we can control that. You can't control the cell phone. You've got to be seriously looking at that. Do you really need it? How much excessive do you use it when you do have it? People say, well, I only use it when I have to. You're always having to use it. The thing controls you. You can't grow in these messages. You can't grow in the spiritual life if you're not connected to God. He's God, but He has no idols before Him. And with especially the use, the, the telephone, the cell phone is idol. It's idolism. If you read the scriptures, you talk about the silversmiths when they wanted to kill Paul, I think it was, because he was against things, just like I'm saying against cell phones, and the whole town had silversmiths and they made these little bitty gods. So they all had, had a little god. It was a little statue or something. I don't know what it was. It I don't think it describes it in the scriptures. But you had to buy that. So they made money on it. So they had their interest in it. And the people had the interest that they'd be bringing down the blessings of the little gods. And so Paul or Peter was attacking that. Not to have these false gods. And they were going to kill him for it. And we're the same thing. How can, if that's the little statue that doesn't do anything, for sure, if they saw a cell phone 2,000 years ago, they said, this is a God. That thing's talking to me. <laughs> and look what it can do, right? I mean, they'd be, they'd be completely hypnotic on them. We've graduated into it, and we're in a constant state of hypnotism without even realizing it. We've got serious decisions that has to be made. And you can survive without it. We're doing something back home with the land planner on some stuff we have to do for the county to get some regulations done and set up. And he asked me something. I said, we don't have a cell phone. He was shocked. He said, you don't have a cell phone? I said, no. He said, well, how do you operate? I said, we operate. We just, you can do it like we operate like you used to do. He couldn't believe he was shaking his head. He brought me into the office next door. He said, this guy ain't got a cell phone. <laughs> well, I, I sent one of the girls over there because we had to bring blueprints over there. I flew out Friday. I flew out Friday. She went there Friday. I talked to her, and uh, she said she brought him in there. And as soon as he came in, he says, you, you don't have a cell phone, do you? <laughs> she didn't know what he was talking about because I didn't tell the story. She said, no, how'd you know? So he took her. He says, I want y'all to meet somebody that don't have a cell phone. <laughs> it's so odd not to have a cell phone. It's so bizarre. Nobody get their head around it. But we're in peace. That thing is such a distraction. It's so, it causes so much destruction in your life that you don't know. And if you read, look what happened while you're sleeping, you'll know it was about Sunday, the first four chapters. And as a Catholic, I never lived Sundays. So when we begin to live Sundays and really follow that commandment, which seemed like no big deal, no, just to go out to eat and stuff on Sundays, we experienced something we never felt before. We were blown away by it. If you ever look what happened while you're sleeping, read it. If you, if you want to read just the Sunday part, it's um, 
when troubles befall you, you can get in the mission house, read it here, and start living Sunday. And you'll experience something after not, not just one day. You can't turn God on like a light switch. The grace comes on months later, six months later. We begin to experience things that we never dreamed we had because we never had it. And so the cell phone now is so part of your life, you don't know the grace of not having it. Yes, it's inconveniences. Yes, you have to figure things out. Yes, you can't call right back, but we're in the know of things more than everybody else is. People come to us, you've got access to everything. They come to us to see the slant on the news. But we're not tainted by everything. We're able to give you the slant on what's happening. Just like the Las Vegas thing. You've got to have a slant on it nobody else is getting by the news. We've got to look through everything through these messages. They're your glasses to see everything and to understand everything. So Mezigori is a call to radically change your life. Radically. Because when people sit there and say, my aunt or my mother or my neighbor who don't have a cell phone no more, I mean, you're going to be the oddball. But if you had men look at you 75 years ago, those who are carrying these things, they would say that you're odd. You're very odd. In fact, thoughtful men in the early 1900s who saw TV for the first time was very leery of it. They didn't trust it. There's something in their spirit that gave them aversion to it. And of course, everybody lost that. And if you have cell phones, there's no aversion to it. You complain about it. Oh, it's always this, doing that. When you stop on a plane, it's amazing. You can just sit there. Everybody goes and checks all their Facebook or emails or whatever they're doing. And none of them look at it. When you land, look at the people next to you. Stand up and watch what they do. And they're going through. And every one of them is doing Everybody's doing that. The pictures and everything. And they're thinking, okay, it's always here. I'll come back to it. They'll never go back to it. I hadn't used a cell phone, but I'm, I know human nature. Do you go back to it when you get 50 things like that? Maybe every now and then a little bit? Or do you at all? You don't have time to because the next time you turn it on, it's got 50 more things. You don't need it. All you need is God. And you've got to choose between that and God. Which one do you want? Which one do you want to follow? So you have false gods in your life. I'm always trying to make you identify that. You can't identify it if you're not standing in truth. And I tell you, these things are killing your children. I mean killing their soul. Because what they're learning, the behaviors, and what we see out there is learned behavior. We don't have abominations just coming out of the blue. It's been propagated. Youths are attacked. I read something a couple weeks ago in California teaching uh, kindergarten kids about this lifestyle. Shocking. And what are we doing? I tell you what they've done 67, 70 years ago. They'd go get those teachers and hang them up, basically. So we have a whole assault from Satan doing things was unimaginable 50 years ago. But what mediums does it come from? It's the education system. That's why homeschooling is so important. You have to be the influence of your children and your grandchildren. You can't bring newspapers in your houses, the television, all these things. You have to get rid of it. Our lady said, renounce television. What does an, ex what does an exorcist do? What is he doing to the person he's praying over? Renounce Satan. That's the word our lady uses. Don't you find that peculiar and strange? Renounce television. When I read that, that blew me away. This is, this is exorcism. 
And when you start trying to get TV out of your house and your spouse don't want to, you'll see how much of the devil this thing is. You don't need it in your life. You can't grow with it. Oh, yeah, I went that route. I started praying in Medjugorje. Maria was there in 1988. We had TV. She loved cowboy shows. We were doing that. And our lady was in the house. And our lady started doing some things. I was going to film on camera because we had a big thing on films when we were growing up. And I, the one thing I wanted to film was our baby Jesus there with our lady in our house because that's the real baby in the flesh in the manger. So I checked everything three times to make sure the camera's working. Everything's perfect. And so I film it, and it was totally black. And I knew it was, and I tested it right there, it worked. Tested it right before it worked. I knew our lady did that because she had a plan for me. And that plan reached back to when I was a kid, having a version for TV. Because if you remember the icy cups when it all came out, who remembers that? Icy. Okay, you remember the streets were littered with icy cups, thousands of icy cups. We didn't have the litter programs, do not litter. Or only trash litters. That's a sign near us. I kind of like that one. But everything, they were going to get somebody to place for ICs that they did this contest in Birmingham. That if you collect icy bears on there, whoever got the most would win this huge TV. And go kart was the next thing, and a little motorcycle was after that or so. So I, I started collecting icy cups. I rode my bicycle all over the place, and they're easy to find. It's just like, some areas of towns you see in the ghetto where there's trash everywhere. I was in dumpsters. I had my brother helping. I had other kids in the neighborhood helping. And I collected in the end 5,160 icy bears. And it took three days for them to want it. I won it. And my choice was any of the three. My mother and dad wanted the TV. I didn't. I wanted the go-kart. I got it for them. So they knew when at Christmas... When she blocked that, I already had a version to TV because that's not what I wanted in our house. So I had roots to that or she was already planting a seed. Hassan is a um, Sufi Muslim. You might have heard me talk about him several times. He prophesied about Medjugorje. He said in the 1970s that the Virgin Mary was coming and she would be changing the world and there'd be people born being prepared for that. So this icy thing, I was prepared for TV. And then this happened. And then I see a lady say, renounce television, one thing after another. And then I did one more thing. I never let the media in the house in those three months. Three or four days before Maria was going to leave, the media wanted to come in and put a big old TV camp in the bedroom. And they were about that big at that time. Now they're real small. So he sat up in the bedroom. Maria was out shopping because she's going back to Medjugorje, her and my wife out. And they are out and we're waiting and we're waiting and waiting on the traffic to come to those apparitions they blocked the whole road there'd be a hundred actually thousands of cars at that time and buses so they were late coming in when they came in our late apparition in the car and we were so disappointed and Maria said I don't know why our lady did this because you know I thought I was praying she'd wait so she comes out of the kitchen living room she looks in the bedroom she sees the TV camera she says that's why and I was sickened but all that was prep work, just like what Hassan the Sufi was predicting, that things happen in your life. You're not here by accident. Everything I walked set me up to realize when our lady said renounce television, she meant that. And so I wrote the book, I See Far. How many people have read that? Did you get rid of your TVs? We've had thousands of people write to us. They shoot it with a gun, throw it out, burn it. Uh, one guy had 
three times he said he got rid of a tea, brought it back in, I lightened his truck the second time, first time, the third time, and he finally got the message. This was serious. I can't just throw it away. I threw it away, but give me another one. You can't do that. So, and we got incredible stories about the television. One person with their family decided they were going to get rid of it, and they prayed over it, and they literally heard it groan. They, they were shaking, and it just smoked. And, uh, and the devil's in it. There's nothing brought down civilization more in the whole world. It's not the cell phones. It's this thing, the television. Yeah, now you got derivatives because the cell phones are the TV. I'm dwelling on this so much. I don't usually do this in a talk because I'm supposed to. This is what, what's coming up and what you need to hear. But we're in an escalating point where technology, just because it comes down as technology and can help, or is the next new thing doesn't mean you're supposed to gravitate toward that. Uh, maybe gravitate away from it. Have an aversion. We were the last ones to build an internet site. I had scientists from NASA in Huntsville, which is two hours. He came down to me in 93 or 94 and said, I want to show you something. Our mission was exploding. He says, you got to get involved with this. This is going to be the biggest thing in the world. I don't even know what he called it. It was the internet at the time. World Wide Web. And so he explained the whole thing, all that, but I had a version to it. I said, no, because we were giving away TV at that time. I, I wasn't going to get into it. So we prayed. Other people got into it. And we prayed and prayed and prayed. We never came online until like 2006. That's how late we were. Because we wanted to develop a philosophy about it. We wanted to develop how we would use it. How we would get people as a fishnet to limit the internet or not have it at the house. We don't have it on the grounds to this day. We have to go off grounds if we got to use it because we make it inconvenient. It's too convenient to be on it. And so our purpose is making it very hard for us to deal with it. And when we do use it, we know we have to do it. And then we have to do it quickly and get away from it. Uh, get back to the Caritas. Our Lady has laid out everything for us. And picture Medjugorje happening. When I came here, we had to wait for the message, and you could call here in the parish house to get the message, and you had to be on the phone two or three hours just to get through. There was no fax machine. Our lady came at the very end of everything of where we were in technology before the explosion, because actually the fax machine started the explosion. And by 87, 88, uh, 89, the fax machine started coming, and it came on the scene and exploded. And from there, we've not stopped. Had Our Lady come now, at this moment, I guarantee she couldn't penetrate enough people to transfer the way of life and what she wants through the messages to the mindset that people exist now. And that's why it's so important to be an apostle. That's why it's so important that I transformed my family in the first community and changed my life, got rid of the television. I had the first cell phone in Birmingham. There was only five or six of them. They were 2,600 bucks. They were about this big. But it was cell phone, it still was cooked to your dashboard. It wasn't mobile, it was now, but it still was mobile. It wasn't two-way radio. It was literally the first cell phones. But I paralleled that with coming to Medjugorje. The more I prayed, the more I listened to my radio, stopped reading the newspapers, and I threw the cell phone, the monster out. And at that time, you had two beepers, a cell phone, everything, and I needed it. But I learned to operate my business at that time without it. So I'm an early bird in that and developed the mission of Caritas without that. We're international. We go to most countries across the world. We print millions of dollars in a very, very high tech. We've got the latest, greatest. 
And so we're a witness to how you can use it. You manage the machinery and the equipment and electronics. Don't let it manage you. Don't let it dictate to your day what you're going to do. This is the biggest problem we have. And if you can get away from that, then God can start dealing with you and your family. God can start dealing with you on how to protect your family and your kids and your grandkids. Without that, you won't. And so our lady comes just the opposite way to a high-tech, complicated, intellectual culture and speaking simple words. You would think, okay, if you're going to break everybody away from this, you try to reach through Apple or the Bill Gates and all that. Our lady is just the opposite. She's organic. It's just so straightforward, so simple. And she don't use electronics. And if you go in there and you want to go on Wikipedia or whatever you can do, find this and percent, you can do this message right here for the rest of your life, every day, and pray and find something new in here. Her Wikipedia is the Holy Spirit. That's why it's given loosely. Because before you leave here, this message is going to say something else to you. It's filled with millions and millions of bytes of information that a computer has. Because the prodigies of Satan is so advanced that God had to send Our Lady to reach us another way. And that's why she said, I'm giving messages as never before in the history of the world since the beginning. This has not happened. It didn't happen when Jesus was here. It didn't happen in these other ways. She's given something to counter the prodigies of the devil, which is everywhere. And you get just as much information here out from the internet. Yeah, you might have to look up historical facts about different things. You need to be well-read. You need to read books. You need to see everything through this, not through the lens on the cell phone. You look at it this way, and you'll be shocked. It speaks to us over and over and over. I've read messages that go back a year later and said, that's not what I remember it told me. I can't even find it. It's almost like the words changed on paper. It's that power. It's got that kind of power. So you got a treasure. You need to be opening up a message when you get home every single day, your message of the day. It's funny, the most used thing on our website is random messages. People go, that, that's, that's the hottest thing we have. We recommend printing it out, though. Don't just read it out. Print it out and take it with you the whole day. Avon has said, and you've heard me say it many times, had she not come, the Virgin Mary, the Lord would have destroyed itself. So her timing is in the last seconds of the last moments of the hour before the technological revolution that comes of what we're suffering from now and why the world is growing wicked and more wicked by the moment. These shooters, these, the ISIS, what puts this in their head? What's transform, it's the transformation of information. We didn't have this. A lot of this would be censored. So today, censorship is a bad word. Censorship is a good thing. You need censorship. You need to practice censorship. We practice censorship in our community. We actually check all the mail that comes in the community. Does that sound like a cult? No, it's a cult what you're doing. We do it to protect the innocence of our children. All the magazines, all the catalogs come in. So much has just garbage that you don't even see it anymore. And, and even NRA, you get something like that. We cancel that. They Somebody gave us a free subscription to it. Some of the garbage they have in there is about abomination. And they're shooters too. We accept everybody. Garbage. You have to censor everything to protect your family. Not for the devil to give information 
or rather misinformation to reform your kids or even tolerate and make you more dull and insensitive to what you shouldn't be seeing. So our lady gave a message on November 2nd, 2012. Every Sunday night, the community goes into my writing office and they pick a message from me and my wife for that week. And this was the message they picked last night. And it spoke to me before I got the second month message today. I think it would be good for you to hear the same way. Because, she's, again, she said in poor today, and she said it before with this other message. And lady does that. She'll start speaking the messages, pre-message, and she's going to give it an active in real time. November 2nd, 2012. Dear children, as a mother, I implore you to persevere as my apostles. You have to persevere to get rid of things, to clean out your house, to turn away what you've been formed, to give up the things that you know you have to give up. Persevere as my apostles. At first, when she said my apostles, I was shocked by that because surely she didn't mean that. I mean, the bishops and the apostles, I had a hard time with it, but I know she said it, but I know ladies doesn't say things figuratively. But then Louis de Montfort, I knew Louis de Montfort, I knew he said that she would raise up apostles in the latter days. And I know he said that these apostles would be amongst the clerics without care. I care about the sacraments, rather. I care what they do. I don't care what they think what I do for my evangelization as a Catholic, as a Christian. And I've had, I've been only four bishops. And all of them, in some sense, wanted me to stop, one ordered me to stop. I said, show me in the church where you can stop me. The first one, I told them what I was going to do. I was going to start an organization to help spread Catholicism because that was three months before I came to Misericordia. But it's more like when Francis would say, go rebuild the church, he went to build a little church. So I got this call to start a nonprofit and just spread Catholicism. I come here three months later, I realized a lady inspired that for propagating Misericordia. I changed direction which I am spreading Catholicism. We bring a lot of people in the Catholic Church. So the first bishop, I go as a courtesy, look, we're going to start this organization, a nonprofit, and all this. And he says, no, you can't do that. I said, what do you mean I can't do that? He says, well, you may send people to hell. And I was so disheartened because I thought, you know, we're, as a layman, I wanted to help the church. And he's telling me I can't do it because you got to go underneath the establishment. Stupid. That's what he's basically saying to me. We don't allow nobody outside of our reach. That way we control everything. You choke everything. That's why he's not underneath the church. This is an important thing to understand. Don't go to the church to do what you have to do. And if you can't have a ministry or a conference in your church, then get an auditorium. Nobody can stop you unless Medjugorje is condemned. Zanuck don't believe it. Parrot don't believe it. But... The bishops closest here in Split comes here, Fran Frannick, and they know each other. And Fran Frannick is an apparition, questioning what's going on. He has an interlocution. The voice of Our Lady speaks to him. He came here and visited all the time. He believed it. But see, he don't have the power to prove this diocese because this diocese is right next door. So Our Lady can let him have it. And so that's why she said, don't judge your shepherds. They're supposed to be blind to this. Because if they prove it, it would destroy all the things we've already spoken about. 
So this first bishop tried to stop me. The second bishop was very, very good to me. The third bishop did the most for me because he persecuted me the most. He did investigations. He did this. He called people in from the community. He brought him in one-on-one, talked to him about what was going on because we had a bunch of stuff, uh, tremendous persecution at that time. And actually, he, he's got a file this big. And so at the time, we didn't like what was going on, but we was obedient. He pulled mass from us. We didn't do anything to have mass be pulled. He just said, Ms. Gore is not approved. People have it on the internet that they have mass is forbidden. But that's a very negative. Mass wasn't forbidden. We didn't do anything because mass couldn't be had. It was taken because Michigan wasn't approved. And we were in the midst of a lot of things being accused of, which I always exonerated. We even won a big, big lawsuit over it, which we didn't get any money, which we didn't want to. We just wanted to be left alone. So all this garbage on the internet about us. So I always resigned with him. I kept a good relationship with him. So the third bishop that was hardest on us actually saved us in a lot of ways. So there's purpose to persecution. You're going to be persecuted. It's necessary. In the early days of the church, in 40 AD, we had 7,000 Christians. Around 100 AD, we'd gone up considerably from that. The church grew 40% per decade. 40% per decade. Mesogur has grown like that. By the second century, there were six million. By the third century, right before Constantine came on the scene, Dalitian was the, did the most persecution before Constantine. That's where the greatest persecution took place. And by the 350, half the Roman Empire, over half, 33 million Christians existed out of 60 million people. It exploded. That's what Medjugorje is going to do. That's what it's about. But the most costly the conversion was, was when the church was the most holy. It grew, the, the, the more costly the conversion, brought more conversion. Through this period we went through, we had more conversion through our own lives, through those who followed us, than any other period of time, and it's continued. When you convert here, when you go through conversion, it's going to cost you, because it has to. After Constantine comes along, and then he allows the church to be legal, in 310, the church exploded. But they had a lot of problems. The heresies began to come up. Because the church was legal, there were no more persecutions. So our lady is here telling us to be purified. Lewis the prophet said, they'll be purified like the children of Levi. We've suffered. We continue to suffer. And it's necessary. Don't complain about it. Welcome it. Peter says, Take joy when you begin with suffering. You've been given a measure of mine. That's what's going to change the world. You have to go through the grist mill. If you don't, there won't be conversion and there'll be a lot of problems. And that's what we have in the church. And so a body of people has been risen up as apostles. And you are an apostle if you accept it. And it gives full qualifications for that. You can find that in the message. We've talked about that before. I won't go into it. But Our Lady says, As a mother, I implore you to persevere as an apostle. Why? Because she's going to crush you. October, they've already harvested all the grapes here, but you're about to start smelling rakia. The hulls of the grapes, they keep it. 
and there's gnats all over it that's in the cellars around here and they have steels here which is very illegal in almost every country they still have it here so they got a seal there's four or five steels here and one neighbor passes to the next they put all the rotten holes into the steel they cook it and it vaporizes comes over here and condenses and they got rack here and they party all night they sit there like that it's a big thing it's beautiful to watch really but they had to squeeze all the grape juices to get the wine out and then they go through another process and it's just like conversion you're going to be squeezed to get fine wine if you really want to be a saint you might be turning rack here you'd be 80 proof and you convict. You can't drink that. They, Maria puts it on furniture to wash this. You can put it in a car and run the engine. You go and turn it in a you're going to convert people. You, you prove your cognition. So don't wonder why your life starts falling apart or you're having these problems. It's part of the walk that's necessary. And that's why she says, Persevere as my apostle. I am praying to my son to give you divine wisdom and strength. Why? Because you need divine wisdom. Not the wisdom of the world, of this internet and cell phone. You need divine wisdom. Something that can't be given by these things. You can be well read and know how to form what you need to form in your, your talking or convicting or witnessing, yes. But the wisdom is from God. It's not from a book. And strength is the same way. Give you divine wisdom and strength. I am praying that you may discern everything around you. We think we understand everything around us. And we see this, and we think we understand it. According to Our Lady, she says that. I pray that you may discern everything around you according to God's truth. Man's truth and God's truth are two different things. And she wouldn't be saying this if we had the proper discernment. But she wants you to have the proper discernment, everything around you, according to God's truth. And to strongly resist everything that wants to distance you from my son. What are the things that keeps you from prayer? What are the things keeping distance between you and God? I am praying that you may witness the love of the Heavenly Father according, second time she says according, according to my son, my children. Great graces have been given to you to be witnesses of God's love. You are the people who will change the world. It will not be the Pope. It will not be the Vatican. We need them for the sacraments. They're necessary. I've already said today, my children do not forget, and there's a word that comes up in this message, so you hear it, that we just said twice. My children do not ever forget to pray for your shepherds. Pray that they can accept Oh, does that mean they're not accepting? That they can accept. You don't say that they can't accept that they are accepting something. Our Lady's messages about the shepherds are incredible positive about negative things. It amazes me how she says it. Because she doesn't criticize them. But she reveals something. She said one message, pray that they don't go astray. Well, she's got wisdom. And if I'm supposed to pray they don't go astray, it means that she knows what this is years ago, that they were going to be going astray. Pray that they don't go astray. Pray that they can't accept all people as their children. That, according to my son, that may be spiritual fathers to them. 
We told some of our bishops, we're orphans. We don't want you to prove us. I'm talking about in our diocese. But you, what you do and what you let be said about us without saying we're Catholics against standings is wrong. And I actually went to Rome about it to none other and met and sat down with Cardinal Raymond Burke. If you know who he is, he's the one that was really trying to turn everything to the seat of truth, many elements back to the truth. I had our meeting with him, and he cleared things up for us. And so we went so orphaned, because we don't want to be approved. No, we're doing a good thing, and we bring a lot of people into the church, and we expect at least to be respected for that. And that meeting changed a lot of things, because we got back in our diocese to stop the silence when somebody calls up, like, well, we don't know about them. You know, they're saying things in the wrong way. And they're saying, Mass is forbidden. And the third bishop actually changed the verbiage. Mass is not allowed because miserably is not proved. But they said this negative verbiage to hurt us, to crush us, to stop us. And people would go all over the place and use it against us. Mass is forbidden there. Do you know that? Mass was not forbidden there. It was stopped because it's not approved. And it changed a positive thing. And we understand, too, why, which I won't go into that. My children, great graces have been given to you to be witnesses of God's love. Do not take the given responsibility lightly. You're not here for light reasons. You're not here to feel good. You'll start planting good seeds, and you'll feel good about the fruit. You'll start picking your life. But you have to be purified. As a mother, I desire to rely on my children, on my apostles, through fasting and prayer. You're opening the way for me to pray to my son for him. You're opening the way for me to pray to my son for him. Our lady's prayers have gained things that she didn't have before. I'm sitting with Maria 15, 20 years ago. I'll pop the big questions I've been bothered by for a long time. I said, Maria, you've talked to your talks, you tell people the other visionary saints, every day our lady's more beautiful than yesterday. I said, that can't be. You've been doing this for, for 10, 15 years at the time. You can't tell me, it's me and her in her living room, sitting on the couch, you can't tell me that, that y'all say she's indescribable the first day and that she's more beautiful than the day before. You can't, you can't, it can't be that way. And she says, yes, it is. I says, no. I said, when I go to do something, I haven't done it in a year, I go back, I remember the freshness of it and the experience, and, and you see that new, and that's probably what it is to you, that you see this beauty, and it's more beautiful because it's shorter memory in the presence than it is one day or before, so she's more beautiful. She says, no. Our Lady literally is more beautiful than the day before. And I started, I couldn't believe it. And I started contemplating that. I realized our lady's coming here. She's coming to that person this evening. She's picking up millions of roses across the world. And she's taking back to God the Father. And he's giving her more graces. And he's infinite in that. And she does become more beautiful. More people are praying. She becomes more beautiful every day because of what she's doing. She says she loves. That's why she's beautiful. And so our lady said this message strangely in the way she said it. Through fasting and prayer, you're opening the way for me to pray to my son. Hasn't she been doing that for 2,000 years? For him. There's more open ways to pray because, hey, look, 
this is worth three million rosaries here. Here, this is worth twenty million rosaries over here. Pay up, son. And that's really what she's saying. It's beautiful. I desire to rely on my children, on my apostles, through fasting and prayer. You are opening up the way for me to pray to my son for him, to be beside you, for his name to be holy through you. She's winning graces for us every day that she couldn't have won yesterday and the day before that. The mounting prayers of the faithful that she uses, and when we pray for her intentions, she's got wealth coming down to the world that doesn't exist the day before. And that's why she blesses the world. I've been with Maria in a 30-second apparition where the circumstances caught her off guard and that she, in human necessities, at a grocery store, we run to the car real quick, didn't realize what time it was. And another time when me and my son, uh, Joshua and uh, McKelly were together when they were babies, and Our Lady appeared, and she was there only for 30 seconds because the kids were so disruptive. But she, one thing she does do is she always blesses the world because she's brought all that wealth to the world to dispense the grace every day. And that's why we're on our knees at Caritas every day at 1040. Now sometimes it's 1140. It's exactly the same moment. Man changes his time or lady doesn't. So graces are dispensed at operation time. And that's something you want to incorporate into your life. Structure your work. Structure everything. Our whole life is structured around the rosary, and it turned out to be the most beautiful part of our day. If you've been there, you see how the kids, it's not contemplative prayer, it's not deep prayer, but it's a joy. Our lady says, pray till prayer becomes joy. And our rosary is a very joyful moment. And I'm telling you, it's not deep prayer, it's just what the children do, what they play in, or just the funnies that happen. It's, it's just joyous. The rosary is joyous for us. So I'll finish this message holy through you. Pray for the shepherds because none of this would be possible without them. You have to have the sacraments. You have to have them. But they're not part of this plan. Don't expend your energy trying to incorporate your priest to it. Because if he's from Medjugorje, he'll be slammed down like a rock. And we've seen it over and over and over and over. So they're doing what they're doing on the altar. It's beautiful seeing 40 priests on the altar yesterday. But they're not entrusted with the plan. It's not coming through them. And I know many a priest, many a priest, that try to do Medjugorje. And they're handcuffed somewhere down to the church. We're the only free agents out there. So I want to end with that. We'll pray. Thank you, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. May we pray in a special way for these moments. We pray especially for all those who have lost loved ones across the whole nation and maybe other countries that was in Las Vegas last night that all this work of evil leads to good out of suffering we see conversion happening we ask those souls who have entered purgatory to give them relief we pray for them, the families, all the grief that would happen from this. But also for our own families and all the things and the grief that we experience through it. The things that we need and we lead it to, to a good conclusion. That we know that you talk about in the family be love and tenderness. Doesn't mean that we tolerate the violations of God's commandments. But we teach our kids in a tender way, in a loving way, and our spouses and our extended families 
and our neighbors who are our brothers, that the best thing we do for them is to convict them of sin. We pray as apostles. We pray for those coming into apostleship. We pray for those who are walking toward that, especially those present here. That you bless us tonight in tonight's apparition. Hail, Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, I for sweetness and our hope. To thee do we cry out, poor banished children of Eve. To thee do we send our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Turn this most gracious advocate, thine eyes of mercy towards us. And after this, our exile, show unto us the blessed fruit of thy own Jesus. O clement, O loving, O sweet Virgin Mary, pray for us, the Holy Mother of God. Most sacred heart Jesus. Most sacred heart Jesus. Most sacred heart Jesus. Our Lady, Queen of Peace and Reconciliation. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. And that was a friend of Medjugorje speaking to the BVM Caritas Pilgrimage Group in Medjugorje, hearing his words just hours after the shooting in Las Vegas and in light of Our Lady's message. His words are particularly striking. Looking to the future and what the future holds, it is important to take the measures necessary for your protection and for your well-being, as well as for your spiritual growth. In just a few days, we have the nine-day bread and water fast, which begins on Thursday, October the 5th and ends on October the 13th. This is the fast right at the end of the reign of Satan. And there's information on Medj.com in regards to that. So you can go visit the website. And on the right-hand side, click on October the 5th through October the 13th fast information, along with the prayers for the nine-day bread and water fast. It's important to be a participant in this and to take part in something which will have impact from now until the end of time, especially as we end this hundred-year reign of Satan. Hearing a friend of Medjugorje's words fresh from the village of Medjugorje, it's always different to hear him speak to the group while he's there. The grace in Medjugorje is different, as many people who have gone to Medjugorje will say that the prayer there is different, the masses in Medjugorje are different, the insight that you receive in Medjugorje is of a completely different level, and a friend of Medjugorje has always said that it cannot be any other way, that Our Lady gives graces in Medjugorje that are not given any other place. And so it's important if you're feeling the call to go to Medjugorje to answer that call. Our Lady desires people to go to her village. And there is one pilgrimage group left of the season. You can again go to medj.com and click on the final pilgrimage information and request information or contact BVM Caritas Pilgrimages in the United States at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000 extension 218 or 219. And so on behalf of a friend of Medjugorje, Caritas of Birmingham, the community of Caritas, Medjugorje.com, and Radio Wave 24 Hours, good night and God bless.